Good morning, and welcome to worship on this, the fourth Sunday after Pentecost. My name is Nicholas Gonzalez, and I'm the associate pastor here at St. Andrew, and I'm so thankful that you are joining us in worship this morning. And I pray a blessing on your worship as together we begin in the name of our triune God, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Like a frost on a rose, winter comes for us all. Oh, how nature acquaints us with a nature of patience, like a seed in the snow. I've been buried to grow. Your promise is from sea to sequoia.
Together, my dear brothers and sisters in Christ, let us confess our sins before God and seek His forgiveness and grace. Let us pray. Reconciling God, we confess that we do not trust your abundance and we deny your presence in our lives. We place our hope in ourselves. We abuse your creation for our benefit. We fear difference and do not welcome others as you have welcomed us. We sin in thought, word, and deed. By your grace, forgive us. Through your love, renew us. And in your spirit, lead us. So that we may live and serve you in newness of life. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Because of his great love for you, God sent his one and only son into the world to die on the cross so that you would have forgiveness and life. As a called and ordained servant of Christ and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. O God, your Son makes himself known to all his followers, his abiding presence, his life-giving words, and in the breaking of bread. Open the eyes of our faith that we may always see him in his redeeming work, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Hi, everyone. Today I want to talk to you about different types of communication. This is my phone. I can use this to call my friends and hear their voice. This is a laptop. I can use this to send someone an email or talk to them on Zoom. This is a piece of paper and a pen. I can use these to write a letter and someone can write back to me. All of these things help us communicate with the world around us. But what if we want to communicate with God? Prayer is so important because we get to talk to God and experience his presence. He wants to hear what is on our hearts and what is happening in our lives. Just like Jesus asked the disciples on the road to Emmaus what they were talking about, he wants to hear from us too. If you don't know where to start, here's an idea. In our youth group, the saltines share their highs and their lows each week. You can talk to God about what makes you happy and what he has blessed you with. You can also talk to him about the things that are hurting you or making you sad. No matter what you say, remember that God walks with you through the highs and the lows of your life. He will always be there to listen to you and help you. He will always be by your side. Let's fold our hands, bow our heads, and say a prayer. Dear Jesus, thank you for listening to us when we pray to you. 
Help us to remember that you walk with us through every season of life, and you will always be there with the love and the care that only you can bring. We love you so much. In your name we pray. Amen. Our reading for today is perhaps a familiar story, one called The Road to Emmaus, coming straight out of the Gospel of Luke, the 24th chapter, beginning at verse 13. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, What are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things? he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed, before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And he said to them, How foolish you are, and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to where they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, Stay with us, for it is nearly evening, the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. This is the word of the Lord. Well, if your attendance at virtual worship has been good during the course of the pandemic, you may have already noticed that today's passage from Luke chapter 24 was already part of a service on the third Sunday of Easter, which was all the way back at the end of April, and that Pastor Nick already preached about it. But because those words have stayed on my mind and on the minds of a lot of other people that I know of since that time, I want to revisit that passage with you today, remind you of some of the things that he said, add a few thoughts of my own, and make one more stop together on the road to Emmaus, this time in the context of our own journey back to this house of worship, beginning Lord willing next weekend. The passage, as you heard, takes place on the evening of Jesus' resurrection day. And the setting is a seven-mile-long stretch of roadway connecting the holy city of Jerusalem with the village of Emmaus to its west. On that road are two followers of Jesus, one of whom is a man by the name of Cleopas, and the other of which Luke leaves unnamed and unidentified, which is kind of curious, but I'll get back to that a little bit later on. The assumption is that they are returning home from a traumatic experience. And their homecoming wouldn't be all that they had hoped for. And so they are confused. They're conflicted. 
and they're sad. They knew that Jesus had been crucified on the previous Friday, and on that Sunday morning, they heard that the tomb was empty, and even that he was alive, but they didn't see him for themselves. They didn't have the experience of Easter to sink deeply into their souls. And so conflicted and confused, they go home. And as they walk on that road to Emmaus, Luke reports that they were talking to each other about all the things that had happened. They, they tried to make sense of it. They tried to figure it out. And as they walked, no longer in Jerusalem, not yet home to Emmaus, as the evening started to close in on them, who meets them but none other than the risen Christ himself? who Luke says meets them on the road and he walks with them. Well, at first they don't recognize him. Maybe because the sun in the west was setting and, and it was in their eyes. Or maybe it was like when I don't recognize somebody I know when I see them outside of our usual context. Or you don't recognize me when you see me out in the world because you've never seen me anywhere but here at the church. Or maybe it's because Luke says they were downcast. They were literally looking down and maybe they just didn't look Jesus in the eye. I don't know. But what we do know is that when they do talk with him, they talk to him as if he was a stranger. And they make a statement that hits me a lot harder now than it did back in April when they say to him, we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel, to save us from all of this. We're going home, but we had hoped things would be different. And that brings me to the reasons that I decided, if you'll pardon the expression, to resurrect this passage from Luke chapter 24, the first of which is that our church family is now on the way back home to our church home from a traumatic experience that quite frankly is still very much underway and has separated us from each other for the last three and a half months and counting. Three weeks ago, we began to have very small outdoor celebrations of Holy Communion. Next weekend, Lord willing, we'll offer just two of our four weekend services with limited capacity and other restrictions in what a number of church leaders have now called not the grand opening, but the gradual opening. Because after all, back in March, we had hoped that when we came back to St. Andrew, it would be a grand celebration on the scale of an Easter Sunday. We had hoped that we would find a church full of people singing the praises of God. But the reality is that many of Jesus' followers here and elsewhere are feeling conflicted and confused. The reality is that some of us will be taking more time to make that journey and we'll be out on that road a little bit longer. And as we travel that road, we're talking to each other as they did on that Easter evening about all the difficult and the painful things that have happened to us. We're talking about when things will get back to normal and we're using that phrase, the new normal that you hear so often. We're talking about leadership and, 
and why things are the way they are in the context of our reopening and, and the tension between saving the economy and saving lives. And we're, we're talking about why things seem to be going better in some parts of the world than, than here in our country right now. And then we're talking about other difficult and painful things like cries for racial justice. We're talking about protests and demonstrations and, and destruction and, and harmful, hurtful words and why it's important to say Black Lives Matter at a time of, of great struggle and profound opportunity. And so here we are. We're starting the journey home, but we had hoped things would be different by now. You ready for some good news? Well, the good news is that in his perfect, life-giving, joy-restoring love, the risen Christ does not wait for you to come all the way home in order to meet you wherever you are. The good news is that wherever you are on the road, the risen Christ comes to meet you and walk with you and encourage you with the words and promises of God, including his own promises and words, that in him, everything's going to be all right at the end of the day because in him, celebration and reconciliation and reunion and life are the final words for the children of God. Luke tells us that Jesus walked with them on the road all the way back home to Emmaus and even gets there a little bit ahead of them so that when they arrive, they invite him in. They invite Jesus into their home. And so he goes. And as a result, they recognize him in his words and presence, in the breaking of bread and the table of grace, in the comfort and the joy of home once again. All that is to say to you today that if you are ready to get off the road to Emmaus and return to your church home beginning next weekend, then you can bet your life on the fact that the risen Christ is way ahead of you and that he will be here in his spirit and word and sacraments to greet you and to welcome you and to feed you and to stay with you always and forever in response to that prayer that we pray with other Christians, including Lutherans, in our liturgy known as the service of Vespers. And we say, stay with us, Lord, for it is evening and the day is almost over. You can bet your life that he will be here and that we will celebrate his love. But if you are still on that road and your journey will take you a little more time, then you can bet your life that he will meet you where you are and he will walk with you and encourage you with his words every step of the way, all the way back, not only to your church home, but to your eternal home with him someday in heaven. And that's because Jesus is bigger than all of this. And, and don't you forget that. It's because even in the midst of our confusion and in our conflict, and all the painful and difficult things that have been happening to us and that we have been talking about all along. The one thing that has happened is Easter. And that means that the victory is won and that God is alive, reminding us of his presence, calling us to love one another and assuring you that wherever you are and wherever you go, he's walking with you as long as it takes 
all the way home. I mentioned a little bit ago that in addition to Cleopas, there was another traveler on the road to Emmaus that is unnamed and not identified by St. Luke, curiously. Some people think it may be his wife, but many preachers have suggested that Luke leaves that person unnamed on purpose because the other per person on the road to Emmaus is you. And so I invite you to go with that thought. Imagine yourself on the road to your church home and that you will arrive here someday with him walking beside you and with him blessing you when you come, as long as it takes, all the way home. We had hoped that things would have been different by now. But if this pandemic can cause somebody to get on their knees and come back to God, if our cries for racial justice become loving responses to Jesus' call to love our neighbor, if the three and a half months and counting that we've been apart from each other will inspire your love and your longing and your hunger for the spiritual community that God has made of us, then you can bet your life on the fact that there will be and already are blessings to count and there will be moments of great joy to celebrate for you and me and for all of those who put their hope and their trust in the risen Christ. God bless you wherever you are on the road to Emmaus until we celebrate together and break the bread around the table of the risen Christ. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Thank you.
Together, church, with Christians for generation upon generation, we confess our common Christian faith found in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Together, we go to God in prayer, trusting in him to hear us when we call, as we pray for the church, the world, and for all of creation. Let us pray. God Almighty, you are the provider of all things. We ask that you continue to cause the fruits of this earth to prosper, that we may enjoy them in due season. And we offer you praise and thanksgiving for all your goodness to us. Grant us wisdom so that we may serve where our skills and abilities are of good use. And we ask that you continue to encourage us by all that is good, right, true, and beautiful. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, we ask you to look with favor upon all those who are in positions of service at this time. For medical and health care professionals, first responders, store owners, and employees, and all those who continue to put their health at risk for the sake of others. We also ask that you would be with our leaders at all levels. Guide them in their decisions, and may they look to you for wisdom and strength. Be with them, watch over them, and give them strength as they love and serve their neighbors. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Almighty God, by the power of your Holy Spirit, drive out the hatred and injustice in our world. Give comfort to those who mourn and are suffering because of the evil in this world. And help us to carry out your mission of loving our neighbor and uniting people of every race and every nation. So that when your glory is revealed, all flesh shall see it together, just as you have promised. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God, give us times of refreshment and peace in the course of this busy life. Grant that we may use our leisure to rebuild our bodies and renew our minds, that your spirits may be opened to the goodness of your creation. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, we trust in you above all things. As we are still apart from so many of our brothers and sisters in Christ, we ask that you keep us steadfast in your word and continue to fill us with your Holy Spirit. Strengthen us and help us to love and support one another as we continue to grow in our faith together. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, into your hands we commit all for who and what we pray. Trusting in you and together, we pray the family prayer of the church. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Receive this blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look with favor upon you and give you his peace. 
Amen. Go in peace and serve the Lord. Thanks be to God. I just want to say on behalf of Lauren and I, uh, thank you so much for all the love that was shared last week. Uh, as Pastor Mark pointed out last Monday, I celebrated the first ordination anniversary, uh, my first year as a pastor. It's hard to believe that it's already been a year. Um, and I still have an anniversary coming up later, my first time here, my installation uh, in July. But it feels like we've been connected for so long, and I know it feels like I've been here for a while. And I think that's a good thing. Um, as you can see, I'm even starting my second year of ministry with the Pastor Mark Ricco look. Uh, but with all that being said, I just wanted to say thank you for all your love and support. And I look forward to all the more years together.